Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. I was fortunate enough to teach a number of children in a Waldorf school for many years. I taught them from grade two to grade eight. And at the end of grade eight, I asked them, so out of all these years together, what was it that stays with you? I was doing a form of what the Germans call Rukschau, which is to go backwards. The overwhelming 100% response kind of knocked me off my feet. Because it wasn't that amazing science lab that I still remembered in chemistry, in physics, in grades six and seven. It wasn't the history of Shakespeare or the mythologies that I had taught through the years. It wasn't the fact that reading became a living being in the classroom that engaged the students all through those years. It wasn't the treasure hunts I created for the early grades. It was the plays. They could remember the lines to specific plays that they had done from grade one all the way through to grade eight. And then they started singing the songs from those plays. And they remembered not only their own parts, but they remembered parts and lines from students who had long since left the classroom. And that just opened a door of teaching through a theater of possibilities. And I realized that the capacity for inspiration and intuition in the classroom really comes from the capacity to see the classroom as a living theater. Not in the way of being on stage, learning lines, and reiterating them for a certain said audience but to work with a dynamic theater of teaching through poetry, movement, history, science or language as a component in all of our lessons. I think whether or not the individual teachers have a strong theatrical background is immaterial. What is absolutely essential is that we all move into what I called in podcast four, a level of playfulness a level of working with the unknown, a level of lighthearted clown mind in the classroom. Theater is alive with imaginative possibilities and it meets the present moment with improvisation. When while having a great deal of fun, it relieves the soul to explore endless possibilities in a respectful fashion. Theater deepens and develops individual imagination for students at a time when they are pressed to achieve academic goals. It can allow students to shine with what they know and how they can show up and be present. I think of the many ADHD or so-called ADHD students I had that couldn't hold attentiveness around completion of a lesson But wow, could they ever hold presence of being and presence of mind when they were called to do so up on the stage or most importantly, in the moment. Theater can become the antidote 
in the classroom, distress and pressure. It can be incorporated along the lines of learning through what Huizinga wrote in Homo Ludens, the play element in culture. Huizinga opens up this 1952 classic with the story of how two dogs meet each other and immediately start to play. And nobody's taught them how to do that. And I think anyone who's watched young children learn how to play, I mean, they, they haven't learned how to play, they just sit down and play. And so it's an essential human trait to arrive at this quality in us of learning through play, through a living classroom that's very much the stage. All of us holding our lines, as Shakespeare put it, the whole world is a stage, and the men and women are merely players in it. It's really loosening up our approach to teaching, to working with improvisation, which of course once again brings inquiry and the unknown to work. It's taking the lessons in the classroom as something that's living and growing and as a engaging verbal dialogue, very much like a play on stage. And it looks at the question and answer format as a percolating conversation. One teacher I was working with a number of years ago spoke of teaching as if teaching on stage was like this. I think this is a direct quote from him. He said, it's all for thrill seekers, this job. It is like a rush. It is incredibly exciting because you're always working with new stuff. Even if you're doing grade six again, it is all new again as you go deeper and deeper into it. It's all about more or less the depth that is a much higher value than the breadth. And I think about how he utilized his teaching practice as an emergent dialogue with his students. And though he had taught, this man had taught for over 40 years. And he was thinking of it as a thrill seeker, this rush that can continue. And I think for any teacher who has taught for 40 years, to still feel that way, he had his finger on the pulse of what it means to be a teacher and what it means to be alive in our jobs. He said, I look back at what I did the first time and it seemed really primitive. I looked back at what I did the second and the fourth time and I felt like I was getting closer. So that reminds me of, you know, is what I said earlier, the teacher is an artist. I know as an artist, the level of mistakes that an artist has to make in order to receive or get at a final product that they're happy with. And it goes into a series of experimentation. Everything I'm talking about has been an experiment I've used in a classroom. What would happen if I let go of my plans and engage the students differently today? What would it happen if I taught from the back of the room and let the students work with the front of the room as if a stage? What would happen if I threw out that math lesson and instead engaged them on what 
they thought about math and how they could see fractions or decimals or business math and percentages in their own lives and in a different way. And what came out of this is everything I'm talking about in the podcast because those students are still in touch with me. And they're in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s. And I think at a certain point, you got to know that it works when you maintain a level of community and connection that moves on through the years. And it becomes a point where I'm the student and they're teaching me about who they are, what they know, and what I can learn from. Full circle. Who's really also letting go of the idea of teacher as authority. And I think this the word authority comes from a place of authorship. What do we author but our own authenticity? Author and authenticity really work for me more than the idea of authority, probably because of our old, outdated, Victorian viewpoints and definition of what authority is, which is rather staid. It's rather fixed. It's the strong, dominant image of a teacher who's holding the class together with the sheer willpower of their strength of mind and authority. But as somebody who can do that well, I can walk in and I can take command. I realized that I didn't want to be the the bully in the classroom. I didn't want to a certain point to overwhelm my introverts and the students who needed a gentler approach to my own authority. So I began to really look into what authenticity means, how authentic authority could be. And really, the closer I got to unpacking that was to really unpack my own authenticity, which meant to unpack my own ability to make a dozen mistakes a day, if not more and to own up to it, and to teach my students that making mistakes is part of being human. Making mistakes is part of being an artist. Making mistakes is part of learning from our own creative process that continues to grow and expand into new possibilities of ourselves and ourselves in the world. And if that's not learning, what is? So working with our idea of authenticity as an artist and authenticity as an author of my own life and not to put that on to my students as though I'm cloaking them with some blanket of my own willpower and my own strength for them to feel either stifled or comforted by depending on who they are. I realized that I needed to really bring out their own authentic authorship, their own authority as a human. And depending on the grade level that I was teaching, see, you can bring out that in a first grader, not by handing them the table and saying, you know, here, just handing them all kinds of freedoms and realizing that they needed a little bit more structure and guidance And they needed to be held in not my authority, but my authenticity and in my seeing them. But in the approach to working with authentic authority and pulling that out of my students was to meet the individual and the class collectively as a human being. All my faults, 
many of them out on the table. I started to play with this by apologizing to my students because I thought, well, that that would be the one way I could really identify that I'm not somebody that they need to overcome. But I could apologize, which will help them apologize to each other and for making mistakes and for sometimes saying the wrong thing, for sometimes being mean to their classmates. And I got to a point where pedagogically I was making up little stories. I was pulling them out of my childhood, things that I wished I had said differently, things that I might have done otherwise to what I had actually done. I was using them as pedagogical principles. What I discovered was instead of having less respect for me as a teacher, this love connection began to warm up between us. And I felt that they loved me more for being an authentic authority than for being a dominant authority. It's what Barker Palmer calls the community of love. I'd like to close with the uh, image of authentic authority as playing a jazz instrument. You're really working with freestyle and improvising in the moment. You're really working with current events and meeting the impulse and the needs as they arise from your students while maintaining a harmonic rhythm that is integral to teaching. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching presented by Teaching Into the Future and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast, Be the Students. Thank you.